0: Well, welcome to another edition of Intentional Conversations. On Intentional Conversations, we seek to interview leaders in men's ministry to help men grow spiritually and help leaders and pastors reach men in today's culture, discussing issues men face daily. It is a program where a men's ministry leader interviews leaders in men's ministry. Hey, man, this is Mike Salen of Cape Fear Men. Those following my podcast know I speak uh, about speaking into other men's lives regularly. It is essential for us to come alongside other men and allow men to come alongside us to encourage and help in times of difficulties in other words to have each other's back those who know me know that i quote ecclesiastes 4 9 and 10 quite often and they probably have heard it more than once for two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor for if they fall one will lift up his fellow but woe to him who is alone, and when he falls, he has not another to lift him up. On this program, I'm privileged to have one of my friends I've known for quite some time. He and I have attended to the same church for a number of years, ser- uh, serving in several capacities between the two of us, and we have a both have a passion in reaching men. So I want to officially welcome Will Connect to the program today. Welcome, Will. Appreciate you joining me.
1: Mike, it is such a privilege to be on your show, and as you said, we've worked shoulder, shoulder to shoulder for a number of years, and I've admired you uh, as a friend and as a, uh, a fellow uh, Christ follower for a long time. And just thank you for all you do for men, and and all you do for those of us in the local church as well to lift us up.
0: Well, well, I appreciate that compliment. I really thank you. And I, you know, I've been watching you for quite some time too, and uh, and you are you are a very passionate and, and teacher of the word. And, and, I, and I, just, I just thank you for what God is doing in your life also. Well, let me take him a few moments, if you don't mind, and share a little bio about you. So our listening audience can know you a little bit about your background and what you've done. But Will is the chairman of an American manufacturing company. He travels the country relating to lessons learned through his hands-on experience and in the crucial day-to-day world of leading people. Through his genuine and passionate delivery style, Will weaves together the fascinating true story about the fire that could have destroyed his business and his people, but instead became a catalyst for new thinking and new opportunities. Earnest and plain spoken, Will shares how setbacks and challenges can become the seeds of future success and greatness and how challenges can lead to surprising transformation. Will is passionately... uh, Personally, excuse me. Will is a passionate personally as he is professionally. His outside interests include Bible reading and study, and I can can attest to that. Listening to him speak uh, about the Bible, he's mentored other men through life experiences, politics, exercising, reading, and watching movies. He also has an intense love for the any products that's made in the USA and is a big believer in the importance of keeping jobs in America and carrying out the tradition of ham, craft, excellence. Bud, you're into a lot of things. You know that? <laughs>
1: well, yeah. Sometimes uh, I shake my head as well, but uh, praise God. And for his glory, we, we do what you know he, he offers in front of us, and we do it for his glory and the other's, other's good. So I try uh, imperfectly to do that every day, my friend.
0: Well... Yeah, I know. You and I sit down and talk across the table quite a bit, and and, and I hear some of the things you're doing, and I'm just amazed at how God has used you. But let me ask you this question first. I thought It's a question I like to ask a lot of my guests, and I know it's sometimes hard, especially if you're a student of the Word, it's hard to pick one out, but what, uh, right now, I should say it that way, What what is maybe... Uh, a verse that God is really speaking into your life, or maybe it's just a favorite verse that uh, has really meant something, special in your in your spiritual growth.
1: Yeah, there is one verse that uh, has stuck uh, stuck with me for years. And um, it's in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, where the writer of Hebrews says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but Mm. painful but later on it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are trained by it. And Mike, that's been a a verse that the Lord has brought to me, has reminded me uh, during times of teaching and training and discipline in my life, Um, you know, as as he desires me to be less like myself and more like Jesus. Uh, That's a verse that I come back to time and time again. So I think that would be, you know, one of my guiding verses, and one that I,
0: I, I like to share with men as well. Mm, yeah, that is important. And in fact, it's a, it's a verse that in some of my discipling relationships, I've encouraged men to memorize. Uh, it's it's very important to understand that how God sometimes uses adversity to discipline us and train us and teach us, and and uh, and that uh, through Him we we have that strength that is that is super. Well, can you share a little? Uh, about your your story of how you came to christ yeah I i've heard the, it i've heard it before but i want I want yeah. our audience to hear a little bit about it too
1: yeah so um you know i was raised in a great family i really had two awesome parents an amazing sister totally middle class grew up in youngstown ohio a great place to grow up um you know really had a very easy childhood nothing major happened Uh, We attended church every week. Almost every time the door was open, we were in church. Uh, But it wasn't a Bible-believing church. It was more of a social uh, event that we would attend. And, And again, my parents were very involved in the church. I was in youth group. But I never met Jesus there. And I went off to college. I went to Wake Forest University here in North Carolina, um, you know, did not walk with the Lord at all. I still was a, a, not, not a Christ follower. Uh, you know, got, got into the college life. And in my senior year, Mike, I, I met two guys that uh, to this day, and I'm 56. That's a long time ago. But I still remember Kirk Webb. And- You're still a young man to
0: me. Okay? Man, I, w- <laughs>
1: I, w- I, w- I wish, brother. I wish. <laughs> but I still remember two guys that I really didn't know all that well. But in my senior year, a guy named Kirk Webb, uh, I was pretty involved in student government at Wake Forest and Kirk invited me to this, uh, this event uh, on campus. That was, you know, something they were talking about some book called Habakkuk. And he invited <laughs> me to come to this night and, and Mike, you know, I, I still can't spell Habakkuk, but I do love that book and have read it numerous times since but I believe God used that night to begin to open my heart and recognize the emptiness that my life without Christ was was really following. And then a few months later, I met a guy named Jeff Miller. And Jeff was the president of fellowship of Christian athletes on campus. He was on the football team, super popular guy. And Jeff lived Christ for me. He and I became very good friends. We ended up being roommates. Um, I saw something in Jeff that was appealing to me. And, um, you know, now I know it was Jesus. And uh, so, anyway, I, I, I graduate from Wake Forest. I go back to my hometown in Ohio. I live for myself for a couple of years, but then there's this burning hole in my heart. Uh, outwardly, I think I was looking pretty good for a young guy of 24, 25 years old but inwardly, I I just, I I wasn't happy. I I knew there was something more to this life. And I met a pastor of a small church in my hometown who took me to breakfast one morning. And he asked me, we were, you know, having breakfast. And he said, Will, you know, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? And, And this man's name was Brent Allen. And Brent asked me, would you go to heaven? I said, yeah, I think so. He said, well, tell me why. And I said, you know, Brent, I, I, I try to do things good. I try to be nice to people. I think if you'd looked at my life, I've done more good than bad. And he sort of smiled a little bit. And he said, do you think that's going to get you in heaven? I said, yeah, I think so. I think God's going to look on that and say, okay, this guy, you know, has earned heaven. And he smiled a little bit and he, he opened his Bible and turned, uh, turned it to me and, and opened it to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And we both know what those verses say. It's not by works, but it's a free gift of God. And I read those verses. He had me read those aloud. And then he asked me again, Will, based on those Bible verses, do you think you're going to heaven? And I choked a little bit and I said, I don't think so. And so, Mike, I didn't give my life to Christ that morning at the restaurant. But a few weeks later, I was in my apartment uh, alone by myself and I found myself in tears. And I just got on my knees on a little blue couch that I had back in the day and I just, I, in tears, I just said, "God, I, I, I don't have this. I, I can't do this. I'm making a mess of my life, and I just need you. I'm a sinner, God, and you know I, I, I've made a lot of mistakes. Just if you take control of my life, I give it to you." And it wasn't a perfect prayer, but it was at that moment. It was November, uh, I believe, of 1991 that I gave my life to Christ, and uh, you know I've been, I've been serving him ever since. And, and as I've served him, you know, uh, Paul's words in, uh, in Philippians three, not that I have achieved all this, you know, or have already been made perfect, but one thing I do, I strive forward. And, you know, that's been my motto that, uh, you know, I'm two steps forward, sometimes a half step back, sometimes a step and three quarters back in my walk with Jesus. But, uh, I keep moving forward because I know the hope we have is not here. The hope we have is in heaven. The hope I have is the Holy Spirit in me and living a life for Christ. So um, I'm imperfect, uh, as, as all of your listeners are. Uh, but I just I just want more of Jesus, and I want less of me.
0: Amen. Amen. You know, and, and I've watched your life, you know, and I've seen you go through some difficulties, times, and, and things of that nature. And you've kept the faith. You've stayed right there. And, and that's a huge testimony. And I know that one of the things you, you talk about and you share with me, uh, as we prepared for this thing, is talking about adversity as an opportunity. Yeah. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by adversity as an opportunity?
1: Well, you know, it all comes back to really believing, confidently trusting, you know, that verse that I mentioned in Hebrews 12, uh, verse 11, that if we look at tough times, as if, if we look at tough circumstances as being able to be used by God, uh, to be more like Him. And if we look at those tough circumstances, sometimes again brought, out, brought on by my own stupidity or our own stupidity, but also uh, some of that teaching being brought on because God loves me so much and nothing I've done, but He loves me so much and He has more for me. You know, that peace in there, but it, you know, those, that discipline leads to, leads to a harvest of righteousness and peace. And and as as God began to sink that verse more and more into my life, I I began to understand that my circumstances are meaningless. You know, they hurt. Sometimes I grieve. Sometimes they're painful. Uh, Not always do I like my circumstances and not always would I I want anyone else to walk in some of the, the, the steps I've had to walk in. But I understand in every single one of them, God is still with me. He loves me more than I can ever fathom. And he always has my best in mind. And my best is to be more like Jesus. Amen. And, you know, and so I look at circumstances uh, much differently than I did 10, 15 years ago. I look at them as as an opportunity for God to make me more like him if I will embrace them. If I will look at the challenges, if I will look at the difficulties, as I will look at the setbacks, as as part of what God's doing in my life to to, to make me more like Jesus. And that gives me hope. That gives me encouragement to to soldier through. And even as I'm saying that, I think of, you know, Peter, when he sees Jesus walking on the water and Jesus asks him to come to him. Mm -hmm. And Peter, as he keeps his eyes on Christ, he steps out of that boat and he walks on water towards Jesus. But then in a moment, he begins to look at the waves. He begins to look at the trouble around him. And at that moment, he sinks. And at that moment, Jesus reaches his hand and picks him up. And to me, that's emblematic of, of what you and I face uh, in, in challenges, you know, and, and even the good stuff that happens to us that if we keep our eyes focused on Christ, we walk above our circumstances. We walk on top of our circumstances. But again, it's keeping my eyes fixed on Jesus, which also, as you and I know, is, you know, is found earlier in Hebrews 12. You know, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So, you know, I I think, Mike, for me, God has shown me that our circumstances are just temporary, good and bad right and they're part of what he wants to do but again at the end of the day he loves me so much he knows my best is to be more like christ and that's what he wants in the good and the bad so i think that perspective and believing that with confidence that that's true has helped me look at circumstances pretty differently than i used to before i truly understood what that scripture meant
0: Amen. you know that uh... Talking about, you know, as we talk about adversity, uh, we all at some point in our lives will go through some kind of difficult situations, and one of the verses that's really meant a lot to me um, through my years of life is uh, really Romans eight twenty eight where it talks about, you know, for all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people will take that and, and think it's talking about just good things, but that's not what it's talking about. Yeah, uh, it's talking about the good and the bad. God, as long as you love God and you trust in him, even the bad things that happen in your life, he's using it to to mold you, to shape you, to prepare you, to, to uh, take you down a path or put you in contact with people that you can share the kingdom of God with. Mm-hmm. And and I've seen that for a lot of a lot of respects in my life. Even when I um, I had cancer back in two thousand six two thousand seven when I was dealing with that cancer, I saw how God used that mm-hmm. that adversity in my own life, not only to speak into other people's lives about how I trusted the Lord, but also to prepare me mm-hmm. for a, a ministry He was moving me into as I came out of that and it's so important for us to understand how god uses adversity sometimes in our lives to to put us in contact with people we need to share the gospel with or even to just uh, prepare us for a ministry that he's moving us into that's it that's great
1: it's amazing yeah and you know it's so incredible the impact that you have had since that cancer and it's hard to believe it's been 16 years ago um, it's hard to believe that that's how long ago you have cancer. You and I go back a long way. But yeah. it is amazing to see how through that, something that neither you nor I would ever hope to go through or hope anyone we know would have to go through, God has used that in your life, and you have impacted the lives of thousands of men because what he taught you in that season. And I think, boy, that that's it. That's, that's what God allows us to go through, through things for. It's that training so that we can reap a harvest of righteousness and peace for God's glory, not for me, not for my comfort, not for my ease, but so that we can share the gospel with other men and women and we can relate to people through our circumstances. So again, I've been a beneficiary of what God has done in your life and uh, praise God that you were obedient to his call and you you were trained through it to become more the man that he called you to be.
0: And thank you thank for that encouraging word. I appreciate that. He, um, I need to hear that every so often too, just like you need to hear words of encouragement too. And I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, let me let's let's shift gears a little bit. You, you um, I know you've you've had an opportunity to speak to men's lives also, and you have a, a disciple on and minister to them. Um, what do you think our men today in this culture is looking for? What do you think they they and maybe they don't even know they're looking for, what do they may need?
1: I think, you know, you said it so well in your introduction, you know, about how we need each other. We need community. We need a person or a small group of people that we can be so transparent and open with. Um, Because, you know, as as I talk to men, and, and again, I love, you know, working with younger men, especially to help them avoid some of the the stupid decisions that I've made, including my own two boys whom I love and I'm so proud of, but I'm very open with them. And I'm very open with guys that I mentor as well because I want them to be able to learn from my mistakes. And, you know, so many men are lonely. So many men are, were, we're striving for what the world puts on us as success and we just find ourselves empty. Yeah. Uh, but yet, you know, so many of us are not willing to or not not comfortable being real open with people and say, you know what, regardless of what it looks like on the outside, good or miserable, man, I'm lonely. I, I'm scared. I, I, you know, I, I just I'm on this hamster wheel that I don't know how to get off of. And, and again, I think it's just what the men need. We we, we need real conversation. We need a place to just be real with each other uh, because we all go through the same struggles in so many respects. We're all lonely. We're all striving for something. We want to make sure that it matters for our families and for our friends and our, our workplaces. And so, you know, I think you said it really well in your opening. We're striving for community.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we are. You know, there was a word that we used to throw around a lot years ago, um that kind of in my opinion had kind of a negativity to it uh and that word is called accountability uh we you and i we kind of understand what that's all about but a lot of men don't really understand that and it kind of has that negativity like you're 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 kind of watching me and you're kind of you're 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 going to get on me if i don't do something right but but the thing about it is is what we need to do is understand the fact of being there, forcefully. I like to call guys sometimes the two a.m. guy. It's that that two a.m. guy where where if uh, will if you're in a situation that you are struggling with and you need somebody to talk to or pray with you, you have my permission to call me at two a.m. in the morning, and and I'm there for you. Uh, we have to have each other's back. That's not necessarily accountability. That's just being there for each other, and that's really I think what a lot of us meant to. You know, first I quoted at the very beginning, talking about uh, being there for somebody when, when he falls down. Uh, having a man having a man that walks alongside of you that's when he does see you getting ready to step off into the abyss, so to speak, getting ready to, to walk into uh, a situation that can harm you spiritually, that grabs you and say, you know, you may not really want to do that. Not mm. judging, not condemning, but be there to encourage him to stay on the right path, the right track. And I I think men don't realize that that's the kind of person they need in their life.
1: Yeah, we we do so badly. Um, And again, I I think I I can think of an instance in my own life. And again, one of the the challenges I've been through is I've been through a divorce and it's awful. And uh, I take full responsibility for my divorce. There was nothing biblical. There was... But I, I lost my wife's heart. Right. And uh, when I was, you know, I never expected to be separated or go through a divorce ever. I, and it just like rocked my world. And I'll never forget. I had one of those friends who loved me enough to speak truth to me as I was complaining about my 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 ex-wife and and and, and, and you know, you know, putting this all on her. And right, I can't believe this. And early on in the days I had a friend, Clinton Horsley. Clint and I were at a coffee house and I can remember it plain as day. I can remember exactly where we're sitting. And he he said this to me. He said, Will, stop mentioning her. I want you to do only one thing. Ask God, seek God. What is he doing in your life? What does he need to show you? Where are you falling short of the mark? Where have you fallen short of the mark? And Mike, that was a two by four that to this day was one of the the most impactful and important conversations I have ever had in my life. And that guy, Clint, who's still one of my best friends, he he took a chance. He stepped out in faith. I could have reacted as many probably people that you've had those same types of conversations with. and, And I have as well who immediately push back and walk away. But Clint loved me enough to have that tough conversation. He loved me enough to speak truth. And it was like a two by four, a cold bucket of water. But it's exactly what God wanted me to hear. And that changed me. That absolutely changed my perspective. I took it off the blame game. Oh, woe is me, the victim game. And I began to see, good gracious, I fall so short of what God desires of me. And again, to your point it's because I had a guy who was willing to lock, walk alongside me to lock arms and to take the risk in loving me enough to speak truth. And again, I, I'm forever grateful for Clint Horsley in doing that. And that changed the direction of my life.
0: Yeah. and And, and, and it's great that Clint did that for you. Uh, that's a, that's a type of accountability, but yet it's, it's, it's a different, it's a different, different way. And that's kind of what we need to help our men to understand. I know I've had guys say, I don't want to be accountable to nobody, but yet I'll look at them and say, but wouldn't you want somebody who, who, if, if they see you getting ready to make a big mistake to, to say something to you, cause maybe you may not realize what, what's getting ready to happen or what's coming towards you. And wouldn't you want somebody just to walk alongside of you? You know, I can't help but think, um, I saw, I re- re-saw a, a scene from uh, uh, the movie Forrest Gump here not too long ago, where Forrest was, Forrest was in the uh, army, he was in Vietnam, and his unit came under attack, and they had to retreat, a number of their guys got shot, and they got back, and he knew they were shot, and they called in air Sport and his his he, he was going to go after the guys. The CO didn't want him to do it, but he he disobeyed the CO and took off after. Found him, grabbed his grabbed a guy, put him on his back, carried him to safety. Went back, got another one, did that three or four times, and he was getting the last guy to safety just as that air support was coming in to scrape the area, and 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 that's a great analogy. That's a great scene of a man having your back when you're in trouble you know talk about it in the military all the time no man left behind and even in the spiritual world we're fighting the spiritual battle you know guys we're in a battle we're in a battle for men's souls we need men who are there like that for us
1: absolutely you know i I, actually my study this morning i was in second corinthians and and it led me to, you know, the, the verses in Ephesians that, you know, this is a spiritual battle. It is war that we are in, and and honestly, you know, so so often we forget that, you know, we're, we we think we're just, you know, loving life and life is easy and it's everything. We're in a spiritual battle. The enemy, the devil, wants us to fail miserably. The the the, the enemy wants to defeat us, to to, to put us into the fetal position, to make us, uh, you know, no impact for the kingdom, and he will do whatever it takes. He will cloak it in whatever mystery and and whatever form or fashion that that it takes, whether it be, you know, a a lustful thought or, you know, whatever it is, the enemy will use it to defeat us. Mm. And um, I want that soldier in the battle with me, that understands it's a battle and that is shoulder to shoulder with me to encourage me when I need encouragement to, to just celebrate when, when there's things of, to celebrate, but also to love me in the eye or love me enough to look me in the eye and let me know when I have wandered from the path that God has for me Boy, that. That's, that's a guy who just, I want in my, on my side. And, uh, you know, I, I think we all need that. And that goes back to your earlier question. What do we as men need? We need men who love us enough to speak truth, to celebrate, to be there, to be that 2 a.m. call. That's what we need. And men, we don't have that. Uh, more women have that than men because, you know, we're, we're strong. We got this. You know, we're, we're taught all our life that, you know, we're, to be independent, to just do it, to go after your dreams, but at the end of the day you, you peel us back you know we're still that scared child in many respects we're still that lonely guy we're still that you know that that person who who needs uh, encouragement and, and again at the end of the day i want that warrior with me who understands we're in spiritual battle that it's not against flesh and blood it's not me battling a person it is the enemy wanting to defeat me and make my life eternally terrible <laughs>
0: He does, he does, but we serve a great God, and, and and he's right there with us. And if we'll let him, he will put men in our lives who will encourage us. He will help us to grow, who will help us to be the men that God created us to be, because mm. that's one thing he wants us to be. He wants us to be men who are courageously following his word. He wants us to be a man who who loves and protects the woman he's put into our life. He wants us to be a man who excels in his work. And he wants us to be a man who speaks into their children and grandchildren's lives to help make this a better world. And so often when you, when you're running alone, that's hard for you to do that. It's hard for you to do that. You need another man in your life to encourage you in every areas of that. And they can share some of their own personal experiences, just like what you have just shared about going through your divorce, how God used that. It's not what you want to do. It's not where you wanted to go. But because of some of your failures, you went through that divorce. But God used that to prepare you to speak into other men's lives, and and I think that that's something that we need to understand. And Clint helped you to realize that tremendously.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Mike, as you as you were speaking, I mean, and we have that person living inside us in the Holy Spirit, right? Amen. You know, it's amazing. Jesus is last night, and, and I can imagine being one of His disciples when He says. Hey, I'm going away, but that's good. Can you imagine being one of those disciples when he, you know, when he would say, hey, this is good. I'm going away. I'm your leader, but I'm, not, I'm heading out. But that's good. Why? Because he was going to give each of us as believers himself, his spirit to live in us. And again, I think of Acts 1-8 where you know, Jesus tells the disciples, hold on a little bit because in a little while you will receive power. Amen. Man, we have the power of God living in us to live courageously, to live in confident trust, to love appropriate, to be the man that God has called us to be. And again, it's not up to us to do it. It's us up, us, just up to us to surrender. And I think of John the Baptist in the, the early parts of, of the Gospel of John, where I think it's John 3.30, where he says, he must become greater, I must become less. And that's it the Holy Spirit in me. I've got all the Holy Spirit in me. And again, I've got the warrior of God. I've got the power of God. I've got the wisdom of God. I've got the discernment of God. We've got it all. He lives in us. And and again, I just want to become less. I I want to become a vessel. I want to be like this water glass that I'm holding. Your Your audience can't see it, but I'm holding a water glass right now. The glass itself is meaningless. It's the water inside that nourishes me. I'm that glass. I'm that vessel. The Holy Spirit in me is the power we need to live this victorious life, to be the man that God has called us to be, to be the encourager for other men, to be that accountability to partner, to be that 2 a.m. call. We've got the Holy Spirit, every bit of God in us. Just get me out of the way, Mike, so God can work more and more.
0: Oh man, yeah! Just get me out of the way. Get me out of the way, and and just let me uh, let him use me as he wants to, not as Mike Salen wants me or Will Connect wants, wants to do it, but as God wants to use us. And yeah, so, you know, we can continue talking about. About this quite a bit you and sometimes when you and i get together we just talk for an hour hour and a half all the time don't even realize what the time is doing but our time is coming up and <laughs> we we got to kind of wrap this up today and uh and i wanted us to get into a little bit about the cycling and mentoring but i think we've talked about that to some degree because of the fact of the importance of what it means because uh you know you were talk- we were talking about <clears throat> you remember when i went through uh my cancer battle uh, a number of years ago Uh, That's where God changed my life because it was during that time that a man came up and actually tapped me on the shoulder and said he wanted me to to join him on a Saturday morning uh, to go start walking through the Bible together, start start studying the Bible together. I've never had a man ever do that to me before, and I'd been in the truck many, many years when that happened, and when he did, I spent three years with that guy. And I learned more in those three years of what it meant to walk with Christ than I had all the years I've been in church. And I had been in church all my life. Uh, and, and so it's important, guys. It is so important. If a man comes up to you and asks, can he meet with you on a regular basis to mentor you, to disciple you, to, to go through a book study or go through a uh, walk through a, a particular book in the Bible, don't refuse him. Because he has been uh, uh, encouraged by the by God himself to point you out to spend and pour his life into you. Paul said himself, we were in, in Thessalonians, he told Thessalonians in his letter, he said, oh, we were so desirous of you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our, our own lives. And we need to be doing that uh, to the men that God points us out to. So guys, I want to encourage you uh, to find you someone that you can uh, uh, spend time with once a week, once every other week, even once a month, if that's what your schedule is, and let them pour into your life. I still need that. I still have mentors in my life uh, to, to speak into, into me. Uh, we need to do that. Well, I'm going to give you the, the, the moment to get the last couple of thoughts, whatever you want to say, whatever God's laid on your hearts, and, and, and we're going to have to wrap this up.
1: Mike, I think you summed it up fantastic. I think, you know, and you and I have both heard this and many of your listeners have heard it as well in our lives. We all need a, a Paul, right? We need a Paul to mentor us, to teach us. Again, I'm 56. Uh, my mentor passed away a couple of years ago. I've had two mentors much older than me um, and, and they are, have both since passed. But we all need a mentor. Uh, like a Paul. We all need a Barnabas to walk alongside us and encourage us Mm -hmm. and to help us in the day day to day. But each one of us as men need a Timothy. We need to purposely find a younger believer. And younger could be age or it could be where they are with Christ. And we need to invest the time in those individuals that are before us that just need it that needs someone to come alongside them. They might not even know it. When I first came to Christ, that pastor who led me to Christ, Brent Allen, he mentored me for one year. And I can't tell you what a blessing that was. I didn't ask him. I didn't even know what it was, but he came intentionally to me. And so I would just challenge all of all of your listeners, Mike, find a Paul, find a Barnabas, and find a Timothy. Be purposeful and intentional in your ministry for god's glory so that the kingdom and the gospel goes forth and we as men live the victorious lives that god has given to us and is there for the asking
0: amen amen well i thank you for being with us today and i know you do uh you speak you do a lot of speaking engagements so forth if somebody that has been is listening to this or um how would they get up with you if they would like to invite you to come and speak to their church or their men's group or just talk to you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I tell you, my cell phone is probably best. Texts is the best uh, method for me.
0: You know, it's going uh, all over the world now.
1: <laughs> well, let, let, me give you, let me give you my cell phone if you're in the States, and I'll give you an email address as well. My cell phone is 910-262-5339. Mike, I want to be available to guys. God God has given me something. Uh, He's given me experiences to share. And if there's a man who feels a need, text me and let's engage and let's talk. And if there's a group I can come speak to, I I will share what the Holy Spirit lays on my heart. Uh, My email address is is basically W-K-N-E-C-H-T, the number four w-k-n-e-c-h-t-4 at gmail.com shoot me an email again this is the calling in, in this chapter of my life that God has placed on me to speak to men to speak to men's groups and I'd love to come and and, and share uh, anywhere in the country uh, that God calls me to
0: Amen Amen Once again, thank you Will I appreciate you being on and, uh, and I, I encourage you guys uh, that you reach out to Will uh, you will be I'm uh, thoroughly blessed just to sit down and talk with him and uh, even uh, hear his testimony and, and speak into your lives. Thank you, Will.
1: Thank you, Mike, for the opportunity.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to Intentional Conversations with Mike Zanlon. Intentional Conversations is a production of Cape for Your Men, a Men's Ministry Coalition. And if you've enjoyed this program, I would ask you to do two things. Number one, share this program with a friend. And number two, consider helping us keep these broadcasts coming to you by becoming a financial part to Kfear Fear Men. If you give by going to KFearMen.net and clicking on the Give button at the top of the page. KFear Men is a 501c3 organization operating under Ministry Alliance of all donations are tax deductible. Thank you in advance for your donation. And to learn more about Kfear Fear Men and how Kfear Fear Men can help you reach the men of your local church, or if you want to know more about what we have discussed on these programs, go to kfearmen.net. If you would like to speak to me directly, you can email me at mike.sandlin at kfearmen.net. But for now, I'm going to leave you with this blessing. I pray God will give you a rock to stand on, a brook to drink from, and a tree to shake So this is Mike Sandlin saying God bless, and I hope you will join me again on the next Central Conversations with Mike Sandlin.